Hi, and welcome back to White Noise. Today, we're going to be talking about K-horror and, of course, Netflix's recent Squid Game. Uh, Sky, do you want to start? So I realised today we were going to be talking about K-horror, and I used it as an opportunity to not get called out again on this podcast, <laughs> and I finally watched Parasite. <laughs> finally. Right? I know it wasn't on the list that we kind of wanted to talk mm-hmm. about, and I know it's not like horror-horror. I know it's definitely into more thriller, but mm-hmm. there's a couple of things on our list that are more thriller and I'd um, say Parasite has its sequences which could yeah, fall into it yeah definitely and I mean it was on Amazon Prime it was right there and I was like I'm finally gonna do it I'm finally gonna watch it <laughs> and I was really worried because obviously I know so many people love it and I was like has it been overhyped am I gonna come out of it and everyone's gonna hate me yeah but I've it. now watched it I get it <laughs> I get really it panic, so much <laughs> It is genuinely, and I'm not just saying this, one of the best films I have watched in a long time. And mm-hmm. I went into it knowing nothing. I didn't know anything How about did it. Did you not know anything? Because sometimes I can crawl under a rock mm-hmm. <laughs> and just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, you're probably one of the only people that I speak to that would have told me stuff about it. And you were really good to not bring it up because okay. you kept saying to me, like, don't. Don't, you know, go into it as blind as you can. I literally went into it completely blind. Like the only thing, (laughs) the the only thing I knew was like the class parallels and stuff like that, which I Mm -hmm. expected. It was also one of the reasons I was a bit worried because Mm. I've seen films do that before. And it's not that they've not done them well. It's just that it seemed quite obvious. Yeah, of course. Whereas this, it's not that it wasn't obvious, but it was just still done in such an entertaining way. That, mm. that was the biggest thing. It was so entertaining to watch. Yeah, you and can't like the last, feel the time going by at all. The last 20 minutes threw me mm. off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> My God. But Fantastic. yeah, I just, I, I knew I didn't want to get called out again for not having watched it. Because I think I've mm-hmm. ever been called out on this podcast once before. And I said yeah. I wanted to save it for a podcast episode. So I thought, K-horror. I think because obviously you hadn't watched much K-horror yet, aside from, say, like Squid Game, which people are debating if it's thriller or horror. I say it definitely falls mm-hmm. into horror. I think Parasite was probably a great introduction, you know, just yeah. to like Korean cinema in general. Definitely a good jumping off place. The only thing with it for me was like, and this isn't like a, a bad thing that's come in, but like I knew that it had horror-ish elements, or yeah. at least that's what I'd been led to believe. So mm-hmm. I was sat on the edge of my seat waiting for ages. And I tell you what, the bit with the stairs oh, when that guy awful, popped his it? head up I actually had to turn it off for a second that <laughs> was the bit that caught me out too. of the blue I think I got loads of people because as scary as you know like the actual like more heightened sequences are they did not get me as much as that one little moment I think mm-hmm. it was like the framing the composition like the pacing of it just everything it was everything was, like, masterful and also I expected oh, actually, I don't know what I expected but I didn't mm. expect just this little inhuman kind of looking head to pop up and like Mm. from a child's perspective as well like they really frame that really well but like I think it also made me think about one of the reasons I love Korean horror so much is also because a lot of like their myths and urban legends and stuff like that but yeah I think fantastic film (laughs) I think that's like a brilliant segue to the whaling if we're going to go into mm-hmm. you know, folklore, yeah, mythology, true, that kind of true. thing. To give more context, originally this episode, we did want to talk about, say, East Asian horror, but we thought that was too general. So we decided to hone in on Korean horror thriller mm. specifically. Um, yeah. But to bring that back to mythology, um, that's part of the reason we want to do East Asian horror, because there is just so much focus on mythology and 
I wouldn't even call it monsters, more like spirits, uh, demons. The Korean horror is definitely more like the spiritual demon-y kind of yeah. realm. And like that stuff genuinely terrifies me. Me too. And I think it's because it's more focused on say like an entity rather than like a specific person. So mm-hmm. I found in like a lot of Korean horror, there are things you can't necessarily fight. Not in like mm-hmm. the traditional literal sense we would think of. Um, and that's what I loved about that- the Wailing. Yeah, there isn't, especially like in The Wailing as an example as well, there isn't that triumph of good over evil. Yeah, that's rarely. true. That's binary, isn't it? It really is. Uh, unfortunately, though, The Wailing, um, <laughs> I read <gasps> that it was what, like, Ari Aster's, like, one of favourite mm-hmm. films. Yeah, one of them, yeah. I didn't feel it. <laughs> Did you not like it? Personally, I didn't. It took, for me, it took a long time to get to where I think it okay. was trying to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually get scared up until I think maybe, like, literally the last scene where the old man started changing into the devil. You are it joking. didn't get me the way I wanted it to. No way. See, that <clears> film <throat> got me so hard. And I think it was because it was the whole idea of, like, a society being infected. Mm-hmm. like um everyone around you but then that's so personal it's about what scares you isn't yeah, it yeah I don't know if maybe because obviously I assume you would have watched this a lot sooner than I did mm-hmm. but I only watched it literally like I think last night I don't know if it has anything to I mean definitely not on the same level but I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that you know we've now been through a pandemic and we've been terrified mm, of people being sick around us like that that yeah. now I watch it and I'm like that is obviously awful and it is terrifying yeah. but like I've lived through it a lot of the time obviously horror is based in the real life but like we are still unfortunately living within our own yeah. kind of real life horror story and the parts of it I wanted to scare me like like the spirit side of it and the mm. the, the demon side of it just didn't get there quick enough but that uh, so might have just been me. I think we might have approached it from different perspectives because mm. I went into the wailing fascinated by like the idea of like mistrust Mm-hmm. you know and like perception that was the bit that really got me about it and I think that's what gets me about a lot of Korean cinema in general if we say talk about Park Chan work we'll get more to him later but like mm-hmm. the ideas of like not trusting people and like interpersonal violence like I am yeah. obsessed with and I think that's why I personally loved the way though me too which is why it was it surprised me so much that mm-hmm. like <laughs> I, for anyone who did love this film I'm sorry <laughs> but like I got really bored at points and I did and Where just did it like slouch I for you then so I gave I give all films slack in the beginning always mm-hmm. especially stuff like this that I wait for the build-up but mm-hmm. what happened is that like I think it got to the scene where like they were performing like the first exorcism kind of ritual uh, okay which I hated <laughs> and by mm-hmm. the reason I mean I hate it is because like the, I understood why because it was meant to be overwhelming but like the noise of it generally yeah. did irritate me so that mm-hmm. was definitely a personal thing but as that was happening I was like okay now I feel like stuff's happening and I looked and I was like oh we must be near the end but like it was only like an hour in and at Mm. first I was interested because I was like oh okay more's gonna come and Mm. then it just just felt like it didn't it was like Mm -hmm. it was dipping its toe in and it didn't quite get there the whole idea of obviously the fact that the old man was really the demon Mm. in all of it and the woman was innocent I maybe I just missed it and maybe on a rewatch I would think differently but like that kind of storyline is 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 amazing like I think it's really mm-hmm. cool but it took until the end for me to really feel that you know sometimes you feel like shocked or betrayed when you find yeah. out what the actual storyline is I didn't feel that and I didn't really feel really? any connection to the characters see, either okay see I always found like throughout it the, the xenophobia was some of the most mm. horrifying aspects um oh, considering yeah. you know they cast like a prominent Japanese actor mm-hmm. who was in audition which is a nice mm-hmm. little piece of trivia but um <laughs> to cast someone that feels alien especially say 
but to Korean audiences, mm-hmm. um, this character would feel alien because he is a Japanese actor and such, um, has an accent on his Korean. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't detect that, but I imagine that when you can, it adds to the feeling of an outsider mm-hmm. and such. And I think that those kind of things, if you can see them, really must mm-hmm. add to it and make it more scary. So I can mm-hmm. see why maybe you know in South Korea the film did so well because people could appreciate that it was yeah it was an example of a film that I was like I don't think that I'm gonna completely feel absorbed in this because Mm -hmm. it's not an environment that I would have grown up knowing like I I even noticed from like the setting and obviously where it was and things like that that I only recognized from film so I didn't feel super connected to it the one thing I will say though is that the little girls acting in it was insane that was that's the bit that gripped me anytime she was on the screen that's the bit that kept Mm -hmm. me watching it yeah of course um yeah I mean we've not actually described what the wailing is about to be honest but if if you've not seen it it's um (laughs) it's a 2016 South Korean um like a cult thriller horror not a cult yeah, it's like an urban legendy kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about um an outsider coming into a rural South Korean town slash village around the same time that a family's young daughter seems almost like possessed. So mm-hmm. it's all about um fear of outsiders and I would say like disconnection from roots as well, because there's like a lot of reference to people not understanding old rituals and religion and such you know they bring in a shaman and exorcist and all and they're also like alienated from their own religion and stuff Mm -hmm. I found that really interesting like that was something as well that we wouldn't understand well and it would fly past us sometimes and it's not just like um Korean horror specifically but like I've noticed it but just some films in general that like when you go away and you do a little bit of research and you get Mm. a bit more for it I think just for me is because especially when I was watching it like late-ish at night last mm-hmm. night I was like oh I want to be scared I'm ready to be scared yeah. and it just didn't it just didn't quite get it's not quite that from, is it mm. it's not and I get that that probably wasn't the point yeah. but yeah unfortunately for me mm. it just didn't it's, it's definitely one of those ones that's like kind of reminds me of The Shining you know some people think yeah. it's the most terrifying thing they've ever seen and some people think it's nothing you know same with The Exorcist well, it, it surprised me when I like looked it up and like saw kind of how well it did and yeah. like again the fact that it was like Harry Astor's one of favorite yeah. horror films and I mm. was like oh really like there's obviously stuff that I'm probably missing but mm-hmm. yeah just for, for, for me it didn't it didn't scare me the mm-hmm. way I wanted I wanted okay. to be scared yeah and that's, there... it's rare as well for me going to horror films only wanting to be scared I don't know why I had that mindset yeah. so well, maybe that again that's because it, like your perception yeah, maybe. definitely mm. I was just here for the spooks and the spooks yeah. went there <laughs> so, so was there one you watched that did do that for you I think literally maybe like the next day I watched so this morning I suppose the next day would be this morning um I watched a tale of two sisters Mm. and I was really interested about this one because I think especially when it comes to horror I always am really interested when it comes to horror and women anyone who's been listening to this podcast Mm. for a little while will know that that's no surprise but again I'll go into it a bit more it still felt like it was dipping its toe in and didn't go as far as I wanted okay but it's it did scare me mm-hmm. because it had those jump scary kind of elements that yeah. like some people think are really cheap. I don't mind them because they're the only kind of things that really scare me, like make me jump. Mm-hmm. But with that one, I felt like it was very, I don't know if there was, it, it felt like a lot of it was cut out. 
Okay. Like there were scenes missing. It was kind of all over the place. A bit jumpy. Do you, very, do you wanna, very jumpy. Do you want to give a brief synopsis of what the film's about? The synopsis is like literally why I was so interested. So it it's about um, two sisters who have just come out of um, an institution for, at the time, at the beginning of the film, you don't know exactly why, but they're returning home. Um, their father's there he's very distraught there is a stepmother who is a very stereotypical kind of <laughs> Disney villain stepmother mm-hmm. and she's not very nice um, but on top of that there's this there's something weird going on in the house there's like these hauntings and visions being seen and it just develops from there and I was I was really interested as well because initially when I read it I actually thought it took place in the institution and I thought that was going to be interesting it didn't but I was still all up for like a haunted house kind of situation but the the bit that got me is that it felt like the film couldn't kind of decide if it wanted to be about uh the one of the girls like obviously her mental health and the fact that after her mother dying obviously there's going to be loads of spoilers for people Mm -hmm. who haven't (laughs) seen the film and it um but yeah about her dealing with that or it was a haunted house, but it was actually both. And that was a really interesting um, mesh that I didn't expect. And I think it threw me off a bit. It will do though, won't it? Like, yeah. I think that's something I find interesting about um, Korean horror is it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily follow the template that we're familiar with, because of course it mm-hmm. might. It's a completely different region, isn't it? But mm-hmm. is that something that you enjoy or something you don't like about Themselves. Well, this one in particular, um, it threw me off a bit because I also, th- and, I, and I don't know if it's because I went into it, it really weirdly. I don't know why I went into the wailing wanting to be scared, but should have had more of an analytical mind. Mm. But I went into a tale of two sisters with an analytical ah, mind, but wanting to be around, yeah. weird. But I also thought, like, obviously, the whole reveal that one of the sisters was actually dead the whole mm. time. And like, I thought it was really obvious yeah. that she was. Um, and it wasn't really a big surprise and then it just got a bit confusing at one point and again I don't know if that's me mm-hmm. um, I saw a review and somebody had said it's a great film if you pay attention to every detail and I was like oh okay maybe it's definitely I did. a rewatch film isn't it yeah sure. I think I definitely yeah. missed a few things but it did it did scare me like my mm. god that scene in the bedroom <laughs> with like the the woman crawling on the floor oh my god like a traditional like ghost story kind of thing isn't it that's why I think I liked it more than the wailing because it had jam isn't it yeah it really and Mm. also again just something at the end of the bed worst nightmare (laughs) also very much made me feel like kind of like remind me of sleep paralysis which Uh, is not fun Mm -hmm. so like I was literally like holding my breath as it was happening and it went on for so long and I was like that's another, again another thing I, I really like about um some Korean horror when they do it is that they really know how to hold on to a moment oh, it's brilliant the pacing and, and the editing just, like you'll have this this creature at like, the end of a hall and it won't mm. just like zoom towards you it will come so slowly that you it. have every moment to run it, but you it won't <laughs> kind of gives me like Guillermo del Toro in a way you know when you look at the poster borderline gothic it just has that like yeah. romantic edge to it which I love mm-hmm. where it's like not blatantly obvious it's just in like the little things which mm-hmm. I enjoy because I think if you're gonna do gothic you want to hint at it not make it so blatant that it becomes the main focus does that make yeah. sense mm. I think this film does more of those well. subtleties yeah exactly that's why I think you must have enjoyed mm-hmm. this more because it's got those tiny little hints of that it's more it ghosty did. It's, 
it's definitely one I think I'm going to rewatch. I don't know yeah. if I would rewatch The Wailing. I think, unfortunately, maybe I ruined it for myself the first yeah. time around. But A Tale of Two Sisters, I would like to watch again because mm-hmm. also I'm obsessed with the music in it. It's gorgeous. It was so pretty. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that could, I could just listen to the soundtrack. You'll definitely <laughs> have to go and watch some things which are very clearly influenced. Like, you'll mm-hmm. have to watch Goodnight Mommy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I think it got suggested. Influence. I think mm. it got suggested to me after I finished watching yeah, this. Like I was, I had a brief look through like the suggested films that came up afterwards, and I made note of them because I was like, oh, okay, maybe this this is my jam. Because this to be fair, road, if you, yeah. yeah, if you'd asked me like kind of like what specific themes or motifs in Korean horror I loved, I couldn't, I, I couldn't really say. Mm. I will kind of just go into it expecting whatever, and then take away from it whatever it gives yeah, me. Definitely. But maybe. Yeah, maybe this is more where I need to start putting my my energies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, is it that we just haven't seen many of this kind of area of Korean horror because it doesn't exist, or is it because it's just not gotten big enough yet to be made aware of? You know, for us to be True. made aware of. Does yeah. that make sense? You mm-hmm. know, like it's very rare to see a Korean horror film really break through. Like the only one mm-hmm. I can really think of is um, Train to Busan which is like completely mm. different to Tale of Two Sisters mm. in so many ways. It's more action-leaning than slow, mm. isn't it? It's very fast-paced. You've got fast zombies. Um, what were your thoughts, Train to Busan? It's the one I didn't get around to watching. Oh, yes. I know, and I, I had to choose. So <laughs> I <clears throat> unfortunately didn't have like a lot of time to like just sit and prepare mm. them watch films because you know work <laughs> yeah and um, so I I went through like the list of what we wanted to do and I picked the ones that like really stood out to me yeah, and I had to choose between watching um Train to Busan or The Host mm-hmm. and the reason I decided to watch The Host is because The Host is the first Korean probably the first Korean film in general but definitely the first Korean horror I ever watched mm. and I watched it really really young and I wanted to revisit it again mm-hmm. and I can't lie I'm glad I did mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it just as much as I did the first time it's I so watched brilliant. it but then Bong Joon-ho it's, doesn't miss well this 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 is just it like when I first watched it I didn't know who Bong Joon-ho was or anything like that mm-hmm. obviously um Parasite and all that wasn't even out mm-hmm. <laughs> or even conceived at that point because the host came out in like what 2006 2006 yeah and I think a friend of mine had it on DVD and one day and she was just like, oh, do you want to watch this? And I was like, sure. And obviously when it first came on, um, I was like, oh, it's, you know, terrible CGI kind mm-hmm. of monster. But I loved it. I loved the characters mm. and the comedy that was thrown into it. And It I, balances like humour with the horror so well. It really did. And but I that's think it's strength, isn't it? You see it in Parasite too. Hugely. It made me realise as well. And I, I feel like you probably would agree with this that like, a lot of Korean horror, the reason it succeeds so well on like an unconscious level is because it's more to do with like, even when it has this crazy monster that doesn't exist, it's more to do with like reality and the characters yeah. and how they react in these positions. Exactly. And, like, you, rela- you relate to them so well. Whereas like, unfortunately, a lot of Western horror is like, you it focuses so much on the villain, like this mm-hmm. big scary villain, or mm. it focuses on like a really convoluted plot that tries to like trick you into thinking yeah. that it had a lot going on, but these characters are like, there's nothing. So like when they die, you feel you feel nothing when they die. Yeah, you know, you just want them to have this big ending scene that made it worth watching. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Korean horror, it's more like you get so attached to these characters. Yeah. Even Agreed. if they're in it for like a split second. It's, it's just adding that extra sentence or two here and there just goes so mm-hmm. far, doesn't it, to develop. I think it's part of why people loved things like The Walking Dead 
because it took the time mm-hmm. it's like the, one of the only examples i can think of in say like western horror where people have genuinely yeah. gone attached and maybe just like zombie stuff in general because you know the zombies mm-hmm. are like a faceless mass horde mm-hmm. those kind of films and shows tend to like focus in on the people and the tension between them and that's what you know like we're saying korean horror does and i love in the house to see the tension between the family in particular like, it's brilliant I and I the just, fact that they're all yeah. bonding high regular actors as well like mm-hmm. there's who's others um bay duna uh, Song Kang Ho, like everyone in it's brilliant. Uh, the guy from Memories of Murders in there. I love that they're mm-hmm. all like the family and they're all so strong as individuals and they just mm-hmm. bounce off each other so well. Like their moments are so funny. You forget they're heartbreaking as well. Like the scene where they're crying in the little memorial area, they're like fighting and wrestling. And then it's like, yeah, just rolling all over the floor. It's, it's like, it's, funny, but it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but because it just feels so raw and real yeah. because, you know, obviously everyone mourns and cries in their own way. But like when you come to like Western horrors and you have a scene like that, it's like super um, morose. Yeah. And like mm. you, it's hard to feel it because like you're like, oh, you know how you would react in that situation. But it's it's that kind of absolute heartbreaking. It's, so I, I guess I could only describe it as like maybe like the scene in midsummer or hereditary when like mm. obviously the characters are releasing their emotions and you're like oh my mm. god i literally have chills because it's i just like feel it yeah and like the, the host managed to do that with, like like you said like a bunch of adults rolling around and kicking each other on the floor you mm-hmm. still felt it just show emotion in such a different way I love yeah it. and i think i think with the host as well one of the things i really loved and i think this is more like um a bong joon ho thing more than a korean thing but the fact that like they showed the monster straight away <laughs> there was there was like no build-up mm-hmm. there was no um oh you only see kind of like a like a jaws thing yeah there was there's was no bit you just saw it and it was like oh okay cool we're, <laughs> we're doing this <laughs> yeah because it's like it's not the focus of the film is it the true horror yeah. is you know the well the terror everyone's feeling i also mm-hmm. really like about the host is how harshly it takes a dig at americans like that's so brilliant that, mm. that's just right at the beginning as well isn't Which it it's fantastic apparently wasn't intentional like it wasn't meant to be like a comment like an anti-american commentary which i so i don't know if i could believe that because yeah, <laughs> it made me realize another thing that like when it comes to um kind of east asian films in general but like whenever um americans or even if they tend to throw in like someone from the uk in there it just suddenly it, why is it always so bad <laughs> I think like it just changes the tone so much and I don't know if it's because mm. it just takes you out of it but like yeah not to like skip ahead a bit because we will definitely get into it but like Squid Game as an example as as soon as the VIPs came in I was like well that was everyone's biggest criticism I think yeah um, obviously one fact is that well I call them expats they're not expats they're immigrants like Caucasian Western immigrants Mm -hmm. coming to South Korea like you're gonna have a limited pool of actors and like are many of them going to be good out of that number you know and like it's just not a priority to cast like mm-hmm. brilliant actors when you randomly say you need one random white person in a scene like yeah who cares like, people make such a big deal out of it and we'll get back to this when we get to squid game in like, yeah. the last bit of the episode <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> but, no i completely agree it takes you out of it but i also find mm-hmm. it oddly amusing like some people get I was gonna so say, aggravated not, but i just kind of find it funny. i'm not mad about it <laughs> I'm not mad about it because it's like you said whether it was intentional or not it does feel very much like a commentary on Mm. like when 
Western cinema takes these East Asian horror films and they Americanize them. They mm. remake them and they just completely strip away the point and the yeah. essence of them. And yeah. like, that's why notoriously they're always, they're always bad because mm. they kind of just miss the whole point of them yeah. in, well, so in the first like, place. One of the best examples is like the American version of um, The Grudge, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it yeah. just kind of like feels so empty I know that's Japanese mm-hmm. this is like taking a leap but it just mm-hmm. it takes away like you know the essence like mm-hmm. it's from Japan and there's so much of Japanese culture like baked into the film because of course there will be that's where the story comes from it's like mm-hmm. that just won't translate you know and um, the same happened with the old boy remake mm-hmm. like you know it's not the problem isn't just that you're taking it away from its source country but it's just like have you ever you wouldn't have seen the old boy remake would you it's word I haven't for word seen, it's devoid yeah. of like grittiness i've seen some since i've now watched old boy which we'll get back to in a minute because liana what the fuck <laughs> um, <laughs> i again when it came up suggested i looked at like stills and stuff and like a couple of clips and yeah you're right the fact that it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work like that you mm. you can't beat for beat take it mm. and run with it like you can be inspired by it you can take it and try and mold it more into whatever culture is it's it's being put in but yeah it just it just doesn't tend to work but no. yeah just just going back to old boy so I'd never I'd never seen it before I actually knew nothing about it um mm-hmm. should we give Liana, a brief synopsis yeah first? you can you you go, okay. you go ahead <laughs> okay, I'll try my best so old boy is the second film in Park Chan-wook's um vengeance trilogy brilliant films all around so it's sympathy for mr vengeance old boy lady vengeance old boy's right in the middle and i'd say it is the most famous one by miles outside of south korea um i would also say it's probably park chanwick's most famous film outside of the handmaiden they both Mm -hmm. probably tie it is brutal it's essentially about a man that is hidden away for years and he just he wants to take revenge when he gets out and he's looking for his daughter um, I don't really want to say much more than that because if it's not been yeah. ruined for you, you mm-hmm. should go blind because it's fucking insane. Just yeah, I I went in blind. I went in so blind. So yeah, if you haven't seen it at this point, skip ahead or maybe come back a bit later. Yes, that's true. Actually, I just want to say that like in this podcast, we kind of say like, listen, if you want, even if you've not watched a film, this is probably mm-hmm. one of the rare times I'm gonna say like, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen the film, please do to not be listen. Fair, yeah ironically like when we recorded about the handmaiden we were like do not listen unless you've seen a genius screenwriter just going blind definitely Mm -hmm. but yeah i i watched it and um i had to just sit with myself for a bit afterwards (laughs) i was like don't you like what did i just watch yeah because it was what it was one of those films where i was watching it and i was like this is not gonna go where i think it's gonna go and, and i'm gonna hate myself for thinking that it went this way and then it went that way and i hated myself even more <laughs> i just didn't expect it so the thing of old boy i think it's outrageous in various ways you've got outrageous in like the explicitness and this is in different context so like um it's outrageous and explicit in um nudity in language in violence so for a lot of people that's shocking um for some people it's the acting because it's just so like no holds barred isn't it like it's yeah, just sometimes really? you're watching it like what is going on um yeah. just because it's so intense um mm-hmm. and then i'd say the final bit is the taboo aspect of the film that for me was what got me the most mm-hmm. um like violence and all you can get that in any film 
but it just went places. <laughs> like, a lot I, of people are scared to yeah. I think it was insane because it was literally like layer on layer on layer on layer because even without the taboo or like you said yeah. the, the acting the the dialogue the 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 other scenes that happened like I I thought it was going to be about this guy being locked in a room for 15 years oh, and that okay. was interesting enough yeah and then when he got released I was like where's oh, this going okay and yeah. also I hate to say it but again it was funny why was it funny <laughs> it's genius I don't, it just, I don't understand how that film yeah. balances like surreal <laughs> scenes which mm-hmm. I love um with like shocking scenes with comedy with like social commentary with like I just don't understand like it sounds like it should be too many things to fit in one film but it mm. works like I can't I just can't think of any other film I've ever seen which manages maybe apart from Parasite to just mix so mm-hmm. much into once and it just strengthens it yeah you I know? think it was also like it was one of those films that at no point did I like I mean again because obviously it being subtitled I wouldn't really be able to anyway but it mm. never made me want to like start for a bit and take a break or like go on my phone or whatever like mm. I was hooked from the moment yeah. it started it's just it's just pushing more and more on you isn't it but mm. not in a way where you feel like I can't do this anymore like with a lot of say like band films or like mm-hmm. um ex- oh, I've forgotten the name um exploitation cinema you know, oh, okay. it's not it's not like that it's it it balances them delicately like I think if one thing yeah. went slightly the wrong way or got slightly too gratuitous it wouldn't work but you do just yeah. keep pummeling through and you're like, what am I going to see next? <laughs> it's like every two minutes there's something else. Yeah, I I just, I just couldn't, I felt so hollow afterwards. And like, yeah. I will admit, some of the films that I found the best have left me feeling like that afterwards mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't I don't know how to feel now. Mm-hmm. Do I recommend this film to other people? <laughs> what do see, I do? That's really something I found about Old Boys. It's like, it's mm-hmm. called like one of the best films of all time and people recommend mm-hmm. it to each other. It's like, should we be? Like, yes, I, I think we should, but it's also like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget how like um triggering this film can be yeah you know that's why see, I did specify to you to look up content warnings I'd say that to other people too like we well, see this is the thing I don't know why I, I didn't because usually when it comes mm. to sensitive films like that I always look up content warnings just to mm. prepare myself and I didn't if oh. I had done you might not have watched it I, I feel like if if maybe we we hadn't been recording like an episode on it maybe I wouldn't have done I could mm-hmm. have gone my life without watching it mm-hmm. I thought I could mm-hmm. um, but because I knew we were going to be recording I was like having weirdly having that kind of purpose to, to watch it and to mm-hmm. talk because being able to talk about it afterwards because especially when you watch films like that on your own and then it's like what, what do I do what now do I, do I need to yeah. yeah like I like I need to talk to somebody about this and I can't whereas mm-hmm. luckily here I am <laughs> I can do this um but it, it's, it's difficult because it's one of those films where it's like I would 100% say to people like you said to look at the content warning but then arguably if you look at the content warning it doesn't completely ruin the film because like I said it does have so much more than like yeah. you said this taboo but that whole oh my god bit like mm-hmm. at the end yeah I wouldn't want to lose that for anyone is is taken away so it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's difficult it's yeah. kind of like you've got to go in knowing that if like I said if if certain con just certain stuff really does not sit well with you Mm -hmm. they're 100% Mm -hmm. look at like make sure you go in knowing because I do I would say about this film it's different to say like more exploitative films because it feels Mm -hmm. like things have gone into for a reason you know like it's not empty in the way it goes into stuff um Mm -hmm. it's just mental 
<laughs> so good. And like this episode is like dipping between horror and thriller. I'd say Oh Boy is definitely more on the thriller side for sure. Oh, hugely. Because it's, yeah. it's essentially a mystery, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the most rewarding mystery thrillers I've ever watched. Yeah. Just getting true. to that conclusion at the end. <clears> I'm like, holy fuck. <throat> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always thinks of like films like Gone Girl and stuff, but that just doesn't mm. even hold a candle to Old Boy for me. No, it doesn't. I was ju- I was literally just going to say I think Gone Girl is one of the only times I've I've really felt like that. It was reading the book because I did read the book before I watched the film, but mm. even then I was like, oh my god. But mm. yeah, that cake gave me the same feeling, and I mm. just I think. And it's, it's not the film's fault, it's my own fault. But because I do a lot of the time going to films with like an analytical mind, <clears throat> it, t- it, it takes a special kind of film to be able to catch me off guard. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying I'm like this great sleuth, I'm really not. You just get used to patterns, don't you? Yeah, and I can yeah. see stuff. Whereas, and especially because of what it was, again, my mind was like, it's not going to go there, it's not going to mm-hmm. go there. Mm-hmm. And then it went there. <laughs> it went there twice. <laughs> it was horrendous but it it was it was was a great film the only thing I'd actually ever heard about the film that people always seem to talk about and it baffles me that this is the bit people talk about Mm. was the octopus scene I do find that horrific though it is definitely horrific I thought I was ready for it I was not ready for it and then when I actually later found out that it was it was a real octopus and it was done like four four or five different times the thing is you can tell it is as well because it just feels so much more grotesque than it ever could I still thought it was fake until I looked it up afterwards I did because when I was watching it I was like you can't fake that it just feels too gross and raw yeah I kind of I'm glad I didn't know it was real Mm. before going into it because it definitely would have made me feel worse Mm. because in my head I was like what I tried to do with a lot of horror films like it's not real it's not real it's fine (laughs) that was real that was real and that was gross (laughs) isn't it funny for a film that has so much horrific taboo to do with human relationships in it Mm -hmm. that the octopus is what stands out for people but that's that's why it shocked me so much because Mm. like when you told me to read at the content warning that's actually what I thought you meant and I was like oh it's fine well it's not fine but like I know it's I know it's in there um usually the scene I think of I think people really probably should be aware of is um when he first gets out um and he meets the girl and she takes him to nurse him and he has that look um she's telling him about her a dream oh, being lonely and the cockroaches yeah. in the subway and then the, oh the bathroom God. that's horrible that's past that but yeah, yeah. Like, that whole area of the film that like five ten minutes i literally can't yeah. stand any more I than think, the, the ending i can stand more yeah i think that whole bit on the train with like the I thought it was I thought it was an ant I thought it was yeah it's something like that yeah Yeah, because it was that she has like that whole metaphor about the ants and stuff like when it happened I was like when she's going into the metaphor you can tell she's like gearing up for this like monologue and then it's just like showing this image I just I just I just didn't expect it it was so weird because this film had like so much that freaks me out which is why it is definitely a thriller but Mm. I would put it into like a horror category because it was like body horror these fucked up relationships like, the, the brutal horror, or is it like a surreal thriller it's definitely a surreal thriller mm. I, if you had to categorize it but I think just because yeah it has so many of the elements that make up horror for me that yeah. I was just like this is horrific <laughs> things that are personally horrifying to you I've also yeah. found I find um a lot more women tend to find this film horrifying compared to mm. men who are like this is sick like, this feels crazy yeah. but again yeah. I did have moments like that like the corridor fight scene for example mm-hmm. like oh, I 
I had so many mixed feelings about it as I was watching it because I was like this is so cool then I was like this has gone on so long but no it's still kind of cool oh my god now it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> there was so so many emotions I think and it's I, like such a film bro movie but it like yeah. it ascends above a film bro movie you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. weirdly it's, but, it's definitely mm. one of those things because like say like the film bros latched onto it they're constantly hyping up some things where I feel like they are not the scenes which deserve to be mm. put on this platform there are yeah. other aspects which I personally would mm-hmm. really but then again I wonder if this is why like when people talk about how shocking the film is it's always the octopus scene yeah that's because true. it is definitely one of the shocking scenes but like people get their teeth removed um there's, there's the sister there's, there's, this, yeah there's the whole scene with like the the ants coming out of his skin like <laughs> oh, one of, actually one of the bits that I find really vile is when he's in the elevator and he sees a woman for the first time in years oh because like you said there are very film bro moments in it mm. that I was like oh my god am I gonna like this am I gonna mm. like this but like it wasn't Unlike a lot of like film broy films, it wasn't created to be like that. It just yeah. happened to have those moments in. But yeah, I also I, some of these scenes have already been erased from my memory, obviously, because yeah. I forgot about them until well, now. It's like it's say like a scene like that. It's like it's like by some people to be seen as haha, that's so silly. And by other people, it's like that's horrific because like I see guys like that around. It just it's viewed so differently you, by different yeah. audiences. I love it. It's like what you said about also how like men and women would view it as well. Like not mm-hmm. always completely 50-50 down the middle. Yeah, it's, of course but... it's not as simple as a binary. Yeah. But you can see how like mm-hmm. people who aren't just, you know, like cis men are going to view mm-hmm. it differently. But, yeah, mm, definitely. Very interesting. But yeah, so that was, that was the one out of all of them that really, really stuck with me because I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so is it safe to say that old boy was the most shocking one? I think... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I know there's definitely more. I mean, there's even more on our list that we wanted to cover. So, mm-hmm. like, if at any point in the future people would like mm-hmm. a part two, I'm sure we could come back because yeah. I'm definitely going to go away and explore now. Exactly. We could even do Revenge Trilogy one day. If I people want wanted to. it, I would love yeah. to deeply dive into it. I, I want to watch them. And I mean, especially I hope Boy's the worst. <laughs> well, yeah. And especially because, <laughs> yeah. um, say, like Lady Vengeance, you've got a female mm-hmm. protagonist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll definitely get something from that. Yeah. For sure. So maybe one day we'll do that. But what was your favorite out of the films? Well, it would have to be Parasite, even though it was the mm. one that I didn't go in expecting to talk about. It was, mm. like I said, I just wanted to use this episode as an excuse to finally watch it. And it has, it did the same thing to me that The Handmaiden did. It's mm. now like up at the top of like my favorite films list. And mm. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to watch it again. Like mm. I've already watched The Handmaiden like loads <laughs> since, <laughs> I since love I how first much did. Because it's gotten to a point now where like I can do that thing where I can put it on and I don't, I can do other stuff as well. Mm. And then I can come back to it when a scene starts. But mm-hmm. it's just, I wish I could watch it for the first mm-hmm. time. I guess Parasite, The Handmaid, yeah. and Old Boy are three mm-hmm. films I wish I could there watch for the first time again. Maybe one time we'll have to do, say, Park Chan work ranked because there was one film mm. I realised uh, earlier today I forgot to put on the list and you would beat me if you knew. Oh, God. So Park Chan work, um, who did The Handmaid and, and mm-hmm. Vengeance Trilogy, he has a film called First. Um, song, <gasps> have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> you have. I watched it with my dad. <laughs> it was on film four and 
we just like put it on oh, one night and I was like <laughs> what about the bit where he's like biting her thigh yeah 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 it was all there <laughs> oh my god I don't know if I we watched the full like, film all these Park Chan-wook films not knowing they're all Park Chan-wook oh no this is kind of great the, I've, I, I think I said we I don't know if we've said it on a recording before, but I've said that, like, you know, a lot of my introduction to this kind of cinema has been thankfully through you. But there have been times where, like, you know, stuff's been on TV or, mm. I, you know, I did have another friend who, like, kind of, like, really, like, Korean entertainment in general. So, mm. like, she would have, like, these DVDs and we would put one on. And then, like, as I've gotten older and realised who it was and I've seen, like, other films as well. Wow. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, Thirst, Thirst is one of them that... I haven't seen from start to finish it mm-hmm. just happened to be on tv one night and said so me and my dad started watching it mm-hmm. and we did turn it off <laughs> oh, so I, I was quite young it? no I've never finished it I've seen I it from like I believe I forgot to add it to the list yeah I've seen it from maybe like mid beginning to mid I, I really couldn't say but I just have you know like when you watch them especially when you're younger and you just have these scenes in your head yeah. they're in my head <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so I would be get? I couldn't I couldn't tell you because I I, I didn't so even know what ago. the plot was at yeah, the time fair. yeah it was a long time ago mm. and it was also because it was on tv there were breaks yeah. until oh, we were like yeah. okay this isn't getting any better yeah. we're gonna switch over I'm so frustrated I didn't think it's vampires well, you love the handmaiden <laughs> I think like you said we need to come back for a, a, a pub <laughs> Yeah, potentially. Especially if you've watched yeah. Train to Busan then as well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more Korean um, horror K-dramas coming out now as well. So like, um, yes. um, I've got it on my notes, Beyond Evil. Apparently that's mm-hmm. really good and it keeps coming up recommended for me on Netflix. It looks pretty I, intense. Um, it's like a thriller. So like I looked at um, uh, the ones that you had like written down mm-hmm. and unfortunately I haven't seen any of them yet, but one that I'm currently watching at the moment is Sweet Home. Okay. And it has like a lot of the stuff that I love about that kind of horror so like not like actually I will admit some of it has actually scared me but mm. it's not I don't go into it to be scared but I really like monster horror like it doesn't okay. even have to be done super super well. Is this well. the one in a building? I think I've yeah. seen like the key art okay yeah. Yeah and it's like a mixture of some of it is CGI um, but like a lot of it is also costume mm. and it's even creepier when it's costume yeah, of course. and again it seems that like with like Korean horror where it's TV or film do try nowadays to lean in a bit more mm-hmm. into like actual costume instead of just CGI because mm-hmm. unfortunately as great as and like as smooth as CGI is getting it's still not really looking that much more realistic yeah. so it does take away but Sweet Homes had me hooked from like the first episode it is mm. so gory and so bloody and it's like it's just you look at it and you go horror and I love that Mm-hmm. and like there's that's, no joking that's, around about what it is it is just pure there horror. isn't it's it's I just yeah that. it's just that people are literally like they're having like nosebeads at beads <laughs> nosebleeds and <laughs> vomiting up blood and it's just it's just so in your face okay and i'm probably gonna have to give it a go i mean a lot of the stuff we've been talking about today it blurs that line doesn't it between pure yeah. horror and thriller be nice to i mean it's pure horror it's the kind of thing that I imagine would have been suggested to you on Netflix if you had watched Squid Game, because yeah. obviously everybody's algorithms on Netflix are going to be mm-hmm. a bit flipped at the moment for maybe <laughs> what they're used to watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, entryway to Squid Game? This is, this, <laughs> this, is our, this is our entryway into Squid Game. And just from the beginning, I'm going to give 
a shout out to Alice in Borderland because I know a lot of people are like coming out at the moment saying, why didn't Alice in Borderland get the same coverage that like Squid Game's getting? It's like, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And also, let's just be quite frank here, Netflix mm-hmm. didn't push Squid Game. It could have been lost to the, no. to the yeah. Netflix dungeon. It's just by pure mm-hmm. freak accident. Um, maybe by good word of mouth some people started yeah. watching it and then as it escalated Netflix went wait a minute and then they yeah. pushed it it's not because of them it did well they didn't mm-hmm. expect it to do well and now they're kind of like reaping the benefits and acting like they're all great it's like fuck you we know what you've done there are, there are so many articles out there at the moment that are like why why has this happened why mm-hmm. is because I'm pretty sure Squid Game has like gained Netflix something crazy like it's not like 44 or 4.4 million new users since it like since it like started but it is now the number one netflix show like globally yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm like (laughs) not to start off by trying to be negative but like i don't get it like Mm. i i loved the series Mm. i I thought it was really good i did enjoy it i do have my critiques which i'm sure we'll get into Mm. in a bit but like of all all of the ones, I I don't understand why it was yeah, that one. Yeah, to me before. Mm. Yeah, it just surprised me because like I get why people liked it because again it, it goes back into the idea of like what a lot of um, Western shows as well as films miss out on is like the characters and the comment the commentary on society that a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with like the debt, racism, class, all mm-hmm. all of it. But, like, it's not the first to do that. So I was just so mm. surprised that this is the one that did it. And it was also well, really weird for me because, like, not this isn't me trying to sound gatekeepy. It's not. <laughs> but I literally watched it the weekend before it blew up, mm-hmm. which was so strange because then all of a sudden it was everywhere. And I thought it was going to be another situation where, like, we've spoken about briefly before growing up in school, like, watching, like, K-dramas and stuff like that. Mm. And people no thinking that we're really... Yeah, no one, no one cared UK, and thought we were strange. yeah. Yeah, I thought we were strange for liking them. And like now it's like everybody loves it. Yes, but do you know why? It's because no mm. one's thinking of it as a K drama. They don't yes, want to think of right. watching K dramas. It's being advertised yeah. like a Western show. It's not being advertised mm-hmm. as a K drama. Yeah. Like I get it. I do because mm-hmm. of the negative connotations. Like people think of K drama and they think of romance. They don't mm-hmm. think k-drama literally just means korean drama it doesn't just mean romance like Mm -hmm. that's like thinking american film and just thinking action which like yeah fair (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's too broad a term and i think that's kind of where netflix has done well i hate to say it Mm -hmm. but that was kind of a brilliant strategy move on their part and also um the success of parasite in 2020 2019 yeah definitely coming off of that now yeah but it was it's funny you say that as well just like bringing up kind of like k-dramas in general and like even looking at like the romance ones it still surprises me when people like say turn their nose up at them because what Mm. is really the difference between like (laughs) these k-dramas and then stuff like Riverdale or things like that that are like also quite silly and over the top like people love that I love silly and over the top stuff Mm -hmm. so I don't understand I don't know why people are acting above it because Squid Game gets really fucking stupid at some points it does and I another reason why I loved it because it had those elements of like like you said like the the comedy and the horror mixed together which like yeah. al- always works mm-hmm. I feel like it really does mm-hmm. um it, do you know what surprised me though that like a load of people went into it not actually knowing that it was like a deadly game kind of situation uh, you don't need to tell me my own sister <laughs> was like that 
It I, shocks me. Um, I think my sister and her partner, they had only watched the first half of episode one because they had to have an early night. I was talking to them about it the next day and they were just like, um, oh yeah, we're just um, watching the game. It's crazy. Da, 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 da. And I, I just said something like, yeah, I still think it's so sick. Like they do actually die. Like it's not just like a mm. frat. And they were shocked. Because I think they were right at the end of episode one. You know, no one had... Mm. They were going into the game being told the rules and they were, we'll wait. God, what a place to stop. Exactly. <laughs> and I was just like... So when I said that, they were so mad. They were like, you've ruined this. And I was like, surely the power of deduction would the tell you. The power of deduction. And I'm also sure the synopsis says it. That's what I said. I said all the artwork for the show, all these different things. Yeah. Like, the popularity... Surely the popularity mm. of the show would tell you, like, it's incredibly violent. But I have mm. seen people say they were shocked by just how much, like, blood and stuff there was in the show. Yeah. Which, to which be honest, is... me too. Because I didn't yeah. expect it from a K-drama of all things. Mm-hmm. Which is ignorant, got, because like um... you say, Sweet Home was quite horror-y and gory. Yeah, but it, well, to be fair, it, it, it that does make sense. Because I say with stuff, something like Sweet Home, obviously, you know, from that onset, it's going to be like that because it's like horror, horror. Mm. Um, but I got my girlfriend to watch Squid Game. And like, th- mm. these kind of things really aren't her thing. Like, she's not really into like horror. Mm. She'll maybe dip her toe into Thriller, which is like mm. fair enough because it's not for everybody. Um, and she was like, is it going to traumatize me? And I was like, well, I'll just tell you kind of what's in it. I was like, there's a lot of blood weirdly you don't see a lot of like the injuries and the impacts you mm-hmm. just see like like you it's said like boom, it makes shot. up mm. it makes up for it in blood but the bit that got her was the surgery bit like she really couldn't look oh, at yeah, the screen whilst gross, it was though. happening mm. it, it was super gross but again i don't know if it's just because i've watched so much stuff now that like i didn't even think about warning her about that we just mm. went into it and it started mm. happening and she couldn't even look at the screen yeah. and i felt so bad i found i found personally it was a good game like most people talk about the violence but like that wasn't even what scared me like what scared me more was like how evil people became and the fact they yeah. went back like i yeah. we, we had this discussion <laughs> in private outside the podcast like we were debating episode two obviously it's been much Mm. discussed when it comes to pacing and such I think Mm -hmm. it helped so much it really got me into Mm -hmm. like oh fuck they're so desperate like Mm -hmm. you know in a lot of Korean media there is a lot of talk about wealth disparity in South Korea so obviously I was aware of that but just like that really cemented it it was so Mm -hmm. heartbreaking to see them go back and it wasn't even like you know they go back to the game um and then they find out they die. They've literally been in a game where people were killed next yeah. to them and they still mm-hmm. go back. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Quite and it was that. so interesting to see as well the ones that were literally begging for their lives also went back. Yeah. And it's it's just it it's it's difficult because like there are a few people who were like asking me if they should watch it or not. And I was like, in all honesty, I think one of the reasons it's become so popular is probably because it has that like something for everyone element where like if you want to go into it because you just want to watch an interesting show then it's for you Mm -hmm. if you want to go into it and really analyze why it has been set up the way it has why you had characters like Ali and things like that Mm -hmm. then it's also for you Mm -hmm. um but I had like some backlash from people where they were just like oh I just want to enjoy a show why does everyone have to make it about Mm -hmm. something and I was like it was literally created about something and I was like yeah. no one's making you watch it like that it's not it's, it's not just a I feel like it's so yeah but I, I agree like it's so unavoidable yeah which is why some people were like saying why does everything have to be something it's like it, it's not that everything has to be something but it's this just this is particular, something. <laughs> yeah, this, no, this particular piece of media was. the amount of people like 
I don't know if it's just me being a bitch, but like, it's frustrating me. I've seen people go, oh my God, did you know this is about wealth? I'm like, no, there's not a giant piggy bank there for no reason. And then the people that are like, oh, I don't want to read into it too much. It's like, mate, pick one or the other. Like, or yeah. just, no, not pick one or the other. It's not black and white like that is what I mean. It's, it's in the gray zone, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. you can just watch it and not overly think about that, which would, in my opinion, be a bit, weird or Mm -hmm. you know you just um you watch something enjoy it for what it is which is a good show like you say has a bit of something for everyone while also Mm -hmm. consuming these critiques which are not as subtle as some people are acting like they are yeah they're really not but I think it's because it's like you said it's not like it was created and then it was thrown out there to be like make of it what you will it was created with this for that reason the whole show is about wealth and Mm -hmm. inequality and desperation like Mm -hmm. I I don't know it's brilliant it's a brilliant show I think this is why a lot of people are like split on the ending like I will admit Mm. I personally don't know anybody who like loved the ending yeah but I think depending on how you watched it depending on how you felt about it because my biggest issue with the ending um was that it all of a sudden kind of went against that a little bit and it 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 went from being like everyday hero kind of situation to like action hero with like mm. him being like on the phone and be like I'm gonna go back and it's like mm-hmm. which was also weird because I'm sure there will be a season two but apparently it was never made with the intention for there to be a season two and which I, I don't understand that's what you I found it that very way. weird about the endings it felt like yeah. a very nice concise miniseries and we've discussed this previously we think a brilliant ending would just be knowing it's going to keep going like yeah I think they should have ended it when you saw him again at the train station train yeah. goes past black screen I can agree yeah. especially because just before that you see that he's not touched his money either and um yeah. before you found out he didn't touch it because um he feels guilty it's up to interpretation like has he got no money because he's not touching his winnings because he feels guilty or has he just Mm -hmm. gone back to old habits because just because you've gone into that game and you've earned money doesn't mean you wouldn't end up in the same position again that's such an interesting I I didn't think about it like that but that's actually really interesting Well, that's what I assumed I just thought he was back to square one and I was like I I love that and then it wasn't that yeah see I I did read it as like how it was like it Mm. was just that he hadn't touched the money and the reason I liked that was because it was kind of like again it it, it didn't just be like this thing happened and, and now this next everything. thing's happening yeah. yeah it's like it's moving on with the fact that like he would be traumatized by this mm. he would have ptsd he would have too, survivor's yeah. guilt yeah but yeah thinking about it actually it also would have been interesting to see him just have some i don't know how you could spend that amount of money but somehow yeah. blow it all and just which be could back be to because of trauma is. so he's just like you know yeah. going further into the bad habits and then you know you end it with seeing you know gong Yu king pop up mm-hmm. and he's at the platform <laughs> again it would just be like oh my god this cycle just chews people up and spits them out like nothing yeah. nothing improves like i would have it's... been like oh, in the heart like <laughs> stab like that would have been to me that's a perfect ending but the, yeah. netflix doesn't know how to end shows they just don't that's true that's mm. unfortunately you know where it fell into like it's, it's great that because it fell under the netflix umbrella it was able to get pushed out the way that it did but mm. it also f- <laughs> it could be the death Got... of it you know yeah it i i'm just gonna put it out there now i don't want a season two no i don't i i liked it i don't want a season two i actually actually won't it because how else would it go (sighs) it would and also it would surprise me so much because like unless they went completely down the route of like being like oh there's other games in other countries which again i'm also not a fan of Mm -hmm. but 
it's difficult to create a season two when pretty much your entire ensemble mm. cast is dead. <laughs> exactly. I think what, right, so it could work really well if you have a completely new um, and unique and interesting cast of characters who are just as likable and interesting mm. as the first round. So you could just be like, oh, it's not like they were the Would only be hard, important people. Yeah. There's every year there's people that deserve a chance and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you just, that would have to take some amazing screenwriting and some amazing casting and acting. And it's just not going to happen. It would. I mean, the creator has said that if there was going to be a season two, it, it would take some time. And if they and he also do... said it focused on the staff, didn't he? Yeah, I, mm. which, right, that is something I would like because obviously it really implied that these staff are also just everyday Joes that are possibly mm. in debt or whatever, mm. got themselves into a situation they couldn't get out of. Mm. So that that would be interesting because mm. like I, I I'm pretty sure it wasn't the intention, but yeah. like I've I like I like people's theories about stuff when it comes yeah. out. And I quite enjoy the theory of when they were playing the game. If he chose I know it's very yeah. Matrix, but when he chose like either the yeah, red or like the it's blue card, but it's fun, isn't it? I think it would it it would just be interesting to kind of maybe go down a completely different route than following this this one main character's story because mm. He he did still fall into the whole thing that like I'm pretty sure everybody knew he was going to be fine. <laughs> like course, yeah. he was he was the main character. At no point did I actually worry. Yeah. Well, like, maybe apart well, from maybe the last um, game, I had a bit of a minute. Well, my sister made a really good point because she said she knew who the final three were going to be. Like it was so obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and she's she was like, I just know Sangwoo's going to die because the big bad. Mm-hmm amongst the group will die which said she had a feeling before obviously she sadly passed away and that was like a heartbreaking moment she thought mm-hmm. that maybe like Gihan would die for Sabiok like I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been surprised if that was like his big hero moment like they got to the final episode mm-hmm. he killed himself and then Sabiok well, went off but that's too optimistic to be if- fair the whole reason that someone killed her in the first place was because it was like yes okay because he was meant to be the big bad and the fact he'd been he, he'd felt like he'd been forced mm-hmm. at that point to do what he had to do to survive but because he knew that they would probably cheat him out of the game yeah because of because i mean he tried to do it at the end they was mm-hmm. like if the majority players don't want to play anymore that's more why mm. he wanted to do it as well because he was mm. like i'll fight to the last breath but you're not cheating me out of this yeah well because he's already so... killed and gone through it all yeah he's exactly. not justifying it but you see his reasons don't you mm-hmm. it's awful. i wonder that's how he would have been if, if he had won instead mm. like he definitely would have obviously taken the money and gone back to his life but it would have been because he nearly no, killed no, himself no, before he went I back find into so it fascinating about saying Wu is he's going for money but money won't solve his issues because at the end of the day, he's still going to go to prison. Nothing's going to change for him. And that's what I found so interesting about a lot of the characters is they're so, their misery is caused by money, but it's not the only problem. You know, it, it's not mm-hmm. just created debt. It's created oh, yeah. other problems like mm-hmm. prison time, disrupted family relationships. And mm-hmm. they all think that the lack of money, which has caused these problems, will solve those problems. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. It took that one thing to break them, but it won't fix them, which I yeah. thought was fascinating. I wish they'd gone into it a bit more, but I guess it's just the kind of thing you can't overstate, <laughs> you know? But this is why, again, uh, the re- I mean, me saying I don't know why it blew up and then trying to give theories as to why mm. it blew up, but it's the multidimensional characters. Like, yeah, they like were you just the said, number they, one reason. Yeah, they didn't just have debt. They had lives. And like, whilst I do have my own... Um, differences with the second episode I know why they did it like mm-hmm. even before I watched it my sister had already seen it and she said to me she was like stick with it through the second episode but you'll understand why they do it 
and it was like I did I, I did understand why they did it but I I, I don't know I, I don't I can't theorize a way they could have done it that would have worked anyway yeah. but it did just again slow the pacing mm-hmm. down a bit well I think I think it worked like I've already said a reason why I think it works but I think it also works mm-hmm. in that you know they say oh everyone's equal and such mm-hmm. um I did find it interesting that it was a bit of an equalizer because almost everyone came back so it's like mm. that fake equality coming back again. True. That was a big thing I did quite enjoy about the show is the constant, mm. you're equals, you're equals. Here. It's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do have to say that has really been like hitting me over the head about this show. Um, so you mentioned you don't like that it's all over the go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a double-edged sword for me because I like it in that it shows that debt is not just singular to that one country mm-hmm. like don't you fucking think it's just South Korea like it's global but then at the same time it's if this is supposed to be commenting on very specific wealth issues in South Korea why are you then making it global mm-hmm. does that make sense so, I like, didn't they have their yeah. very own specific issues like um you know um how say minimum requirements to get into jobs are like insane in South Korea now um the debt the debt in South Korea I think it's like I can't even remember the number because it's just so astronomical. But it's, it's like, like in trillions. It's yeah, like it's something like more trillion. Than the, yeah. It's more than the national wealth or something, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is. almost every single con- every single household has like a stupid amount of debt. I found it so bizarre to not go into those things and make it a global game. You I mean, know? I, at the same time, I, I get why. I didn't mind the fact that it was uh, knowingly a global game. My issue came from like <clears throat> if then they take the series and just do it in, yeah. I, mean, I, I know they won't but if they just did that because I, I like where would you stop yeah but um it's interesting you bring that up because I was like just reading um a story about somebody who was living in Korea and they were talking about how like they counted themselves lucky because their debt was under 50,000 that's so scary <laughs> I was just like fucking hell but it's true it brings up a lot of stuff and this thing I think is bugging me a bit about it and this is especially when it comes to like UK reporting and mm-hmm. maybe it's the same in America I don't know but mm-hmm. like I've been looking at mainly the BBC mm-hmm. when, like people's concerns are like <laughs> kids are playing the games from Squid Games in school and it's like yes they have been for a while <laughs> yeah. they are kids games and it's like mm-hmm. what are you this isn't the, the point yeah <laughs> like what are and you getting from it yeah like pretty much all of the stories that I've seen have been a a, a bit about that and also it's creating an issue that actually isn't I mean big surprise the news is creating a false issue but like Mm. it started to report on the issue before it even became an issue and it was like the joke of like TikToks going around when people were seeing kids like playing green light red light or like tug of war in school Mm. and being like oh my god they're playing squid game as a joke (laughs) And then but the, now the news, news ran with it. The news is actually coming out being like, yeah. parents are like, I'm going to pull my kid out of school because they're allowing them to do this. And it's like, who let them watch it, first of all? I completely agree. Like, I doubt <laughs> they've even watched it. They're just playing games. And because it's been put in this show, they think they've got it from this show. It's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And also, I'm not, I'm not saying that kids should watch this show. This isn't what I'm saying at all. However, I can imagine a lot of kids who have watched this show because they're not going to watch it and think about the crippling debt and the fact that that's why these people are killing each other. They probably are just going to watch it and just be like, we'll just go play this game. So you mentioned about this individual who said they thought they were lucky because they had less than 50k in debt. Um, So obviously crippling debt is hardly um, rare in Western countries. Um, Mm -hmm. Far from it. But um, the idea of like every single person you know having like insane amounts of debt and still having to go about their day-to-day lives we don't 
really talk about that openly here mm. as whereas in say South Korea maybe it's not openly talked about but it's a more like known issue um mm-hmm. so the idea of people literally fighting to the death in a South Korean show makes a lot more sense whereas I think mm-hmm. and it, it's scary because it, it's like an it, it, it could happen like people are that desperate whereas say in um Europe North America and such I think a lot of people just look at it as this fantasy thing that would never happen in real life so it takes such a different meaning yeah so I think they're seeing it more as like this is crazy bro unless like oh my god they're literally fighting to the death for money like Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean it was even the discourse around um Ali's character the fact that a lot of people were like really pissed off because of how he was being betrayed but it was like that again there was a reason why he yeah. was being betrayed the way that he was. Mm-hmm. He was re- he was a representation of another issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of like, um, yeah, undocumented immigrants in South Korea, mm-hmm. and something that frustrated me was one. I think we all know the the tweet that started that discourse. It was that woman that made assumptions. Um, mm-hmm. What frustrated me is the pylon she experienced. Like people were right. Um, and saying she should educate herself but at the same time a lot of people who are watching that squid game they don't know that because not everyone's mm-hmm. educated on every country in the world so it's mm-hmm. like yeah she should have educated herself but she was just commenting on a trope that is in a lot of media around yeah. the globe so it was like no one mm-hmm. was right in that situation I mean you also bring up an, another good point of like people piling on when it's yeah. kind of like <clears throat> this is why there's a difference between educating people and then just kind of telling people that they're wrong yeah. because like like you said I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, that tweet wasn't started out to cause trouble mm. it was just to comment on an issue but instead of people yeah kind of being like okay this is why it was this or this is why it was mm. that it was just people probably like you said un- very uneducated themselves just seeing what everybody else was mm. saying and being like you know you're wrong this is and not and not like really explaining why or not even saying you're wrong but just being like in this situation Mm -hmm. this is the way there was one fantastic thread that was in response and it Mm -hmm. it explained everything like the cultural differences and such and you know the honorifics and like levels of formality and addressing people in South Korean culture like it explained that so well without just like absolutely insulting this person Mm -hmm. like as a person and I thought that's that that's the way to do it considering that for like the first time in god knows how long like everyone around the globe is watching something that you know that is so far removed from like the netflix american norm become so big so quickly like on a global scale like not everyone is going to understand all these things straight away mm-hmm. and it's kind of ridiculous to assume they will and it's only through watching mm-hmm. things i'll learn but i, don't know. I mean I-, I think this is kind of like weirdly an unconscious reason maybe we wanted to do this episode because mm-hmm. it was like obviously we are not the most educated in the world either no. but I think it's kind of a call to especially if you are going to go out and enjoy these films that like there is some research that needs to be done into course, it to yeah. do with to do with culture like one because you will just find out so many interesting things but it will also in like enrich yeah. watching these films and tv programs because you'll understand more and instead of like going oh like I don't understand why they did this this was stupid you'll be like oh okay so whether you agree with it or not yeah yeah, you know you can still disagree with it that's fine but like it's hard to disagree from a point that maybe you don't fully understand so I hope that however you feel about the popularity of Squid Game that it does encourage people to do that a bit more and to go out and also to to, to just explore 
Korean entertainment as a whole a bit more because as you know when we were talking about the other films earlier mm. there are so many gems out there well it's definitely I do think it's fantastic into. to see like the like double deadly combo of like Parasite and Squid Game and years next to each other is making people go out and explore it because I mean I for one like I'd only seen a few things I'm definitely consuming a bit more and it's really interesting like you say to like educate yourself on a different culture and mm-hmm. you know make sure you're not missing out on things which are actually really important to those pieces of media um I really hope that like we've tried our best in this episode and that people can <laughs> yeah. get something from it um mm-hmm. obviously we don't know everything like Sky mentioned and just through like consuming more media and researching it like we can educate ourselves more <laughs> I think I think at this point we've said everything kind of that mm-hmm. we wanted to say you know because we are you know just two fans we're not we're not experts and a a lot of like the cultural understanding that I do have has come from like just um passive knowledge from what consuming and I've just like realized that like oh okay this has been done in a few things that's why it gets done or Mm -hmm. also because I love researching stuff so I will Mm -hmm. just go out and do it and I know it's not for everybody but it it does just help it just helped that understanding a bit more yeah like not being like a passive consumer of like foreign media but like actively getting engaged I really hope people enjoyed this episode I mean it was we knew it wasn't going to just be focused on horror we knew it going to other Mm -hmm. stuff um I hope people enjoyed it and that they'll watch some Korean horror especially because now it's all getting recommended on Netflix like Sky mentioned yeah so I'm definitely going to go and re-watch Parasite and old boy for sure (laughs) <laughs> just you talking about this maybe get well i'm gonna go and explore the revenge trilogy now because i'm oh, so gosh, intrigued yeah. yeah and maybe we'll do an episode on them in the future who knows yeah yeah it goes <laughs> okay so i think that's the end of the episode that's it for tonight yeah okay. yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>